0: Welcome to business conversations with your host business strategist Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business
1: behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enova. I am Clive Enova, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Ken Seddon about how global companies can protect their intellectual property from costly patent troll litigation. Now, Ken is with Lot Network. Lot Network is an international company, uh, international community, I should say of the world's leading high-tech companies committed to protecting its members from costly patent troll litigation. Now, there's that tongue twister again. Costly patent troll litigation. Ken has a Bachelor of Science in Computer Engineering from the Georgia Institute of Technology, a Master's degree in Solid State Device Physics, and a Juris Doctorate from Arizona State University. We know this man is now educated Hello, Ken, and welcome.
0: Hi, Clive. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me, and uh, I wish well to you and uh, all your
1: listeners. Thank you for that. That's the sort of thing uh, we particularly have to bear in mind right now, because as we're recording this, we're in the middle of this coronavirus thingy worldwide, knocking us about. How are you finding it over there? Uh, i'm doing fine we
0: have uh we're quarantined and locked down like everyone else so we have five teenagers under roof which presents its own set of unique uh, challenges but uh we know it's the right thing to do and uh we'll get through it just like everyone i hope
1: so are you homeschooling over there too
0: we are the whole country is yeah we're in, we're in tight lockdown across the country
1: it's bringing interesting circumstances isn't it for sure and I referred to you being over there. Of course, I'm here in Victoria, Australia. And you're somewhere in Arizona, I think.
0: I am. I'm just uh, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona in a town called uh, Scottsdale.
1: And how does a man from Scottsville, Arizona, get to be a person who is looking after the patent troll litigation? <laughs>
0: Well, I've been very fortunate in my work experience. I uh, started originally as an engineer uh, at Motorola. They sent me to law school to write patents for Motorola. From there, I went to Intel, and I actually ran all of Intel's U.S. patent prosecution group. Uh, I worked at Micron uh, for a few years. Uh, even worked at Apple. I worked at Apple for five years doing patent licensing, patent strategy work. And most recently, I was the vice president of IP... Uh, out of Cambridge, uh, UK. So all companies with high-tech backgrounds, uh, naturally huge patent portfolios, and because of their size and success, naturally huge patent troll problems. Uh, so lots of experience dealing with patent trolls.
1: Now, lots of our listeners will have heard of a, what a, of the word patent, or patent, as we say it over here. But... Um, <laughs> What on earth is a patent or a patent? So a patent
0: is a legal document. It's kind of the government's way of incentivizing individuals and companies to share their ideas with the public. And so it's kind of this quid pro quo. In exchange for an inventor coming to a patent office and explaining what their new idea is, if the government determines that to be a new idea, they will give that inventor or that company a patent and acknowledge them as being the first to have that idea. And that patent then is a legal document, it's a legal right that gives that company or small business or inventor the right to prevent other people from using that same idea for a period of time, up to 20 years.
1: And uh, you say prevent them from using it. That is, they can't just uh, take the design of whatever it is and create their own. They actually have to refer back to the person who invented it in the first place.
0: That's right. We're giving, much like a copyright for music, with patents, you're giving credit and attribution to the person who came up with the idea first. So whoever has came up with a better mousetrap, they have the rights to prevent other people from stealing that idea and doing it themselves for for this 20-year period. And it's very common in the high-tech industry. In fact, in the United States alone, about every year, there's about 750,000 new patent applications are filed each year
1: that's a lot of new ideas
0: (laughs) it is and the the beauty of patents is that they really are across all industries it could be new drugs, new semiconductors new software applications new products, new toys Uh, it runs the full gamut as long as the idea is new the patent office will give you uh, will, will grant the patent up for you
1: And is there any limit to what one can gain a a patent for? That is, uh, am I prohibited from having a new idea about um, something that's topical at the moment? Apparently, we're clearing it out of uh, uh, supermarkets left and right. Uh, What? Toilet paper. (laughs) Are you allowed to come up with a new one for that? (laughs) Well,
0: you can't get... So, obviously, the concept of toilet paper has been around. But if you can find a new cost-effective or efficient way of making toilet paper uh, from palm trees or whatever very quickly, and cost-effectively, you can absolutely get a new patent on that process or or technique for generating and making that toilet paper.
1: So essentially, there's no limit is what you're telling me, kid.
0: As long as the idea didn't uh, exist before, generally speaking, yes, you can get a patent on it.
1: They're obviously valuable, Ken, because you're engaged in uh, the litigation or, or preventing litigation. How does it work that uh, if I or whoever has an idea gains a patent on it, why would somebody blatantly try and copy?
0: Well, we assume you're a smart person, and whatever idea you came up with, you, you solved a problem of some type. You recognized there was a need or a problem. You came up with the solution, and presumably other people who stumble across that same problem are equally smart, and they may come up with the same idea. The difference is you've made this investment of time. It was your time. It was your energy. It was your funds. It was, maybe you borrowed money from your friends or your family. You invested capital. You did research and development. You experimented. You came up with this idea. This is the government's way of rewarding you for your investment that led to you creating that idea. If anybody could steal any idea in the world freely, there would be no incentive, for example, in these, in these dark times, for a drug company to come up with the virus or the cure for the coronavirus. Obviously, to find the cure is going to cost billions of dollars of investment and in time. And the only way companies are willing to make that investment is they can have the assurances or the certainty of knowing that if they come up with a cure, they will get the patent on it, and for a period of time, they will get to make money off of that idea because nobody else can do it.
1: Sounds like a fair plan to me. So, (laughs) obviously, not everybody pays attention to the rules. Have you found yourself in some... uh, Interesting, amusing situations in the the courtroom or or even across a few letters to one to another
0: uh, well we do because patents are like um, are, are very uh, personal to the inventors you know they, they treat them like their children, and uh, it's amazing how every inventor is convinced their idea their patent is the brightest and the best, um, and their children don't have any problems whatsoever or any awards and so the problems they run into is people often being overly zealous. They're convinced they've invented um, the new latest and greatest thing, and they have high aspirations that they should be entitled to billions and billions of dollars. So it's more about just um, maybe too too high of an expectation for what their contribution or what their idea really is about.
1: (laughs) That sounds very similar to a lot of people I run across who've just started a brand-new business, which, of course, is precisely the same as the one down the street. But...
0: Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But we've
1: got to encourage people to do this because uh, otherwise we won't learn much. <laughs>
0: no, we do. We're trying to create an industrialized world. We're trying to solve problems and make life things better for everybody. And whether it is, you know, how to address the problems with pollution or viruses or disease, uh, there are problems out there, and it's only innovation that's going to cure and solve those problems.
1: And speaking of all this innovation, you mentioned that you were with um, a certain couple of telephone companies and they're obviously coming up with great ideas all the time and they want to protect that idea. Once they've got a patent, do businesses generally um, share that with other businesses in the same or similar industries?
0: Generally, no, um, because, you know, the company, uh, you know, spent money on R&D. They developed the idea because they expected it to be something that goes into their product in their future, and they think that that idea gives them some sort of competitive advantage that they can then use in the marketplace, and so they're not really incentivized to share that with others. What they want to do is prevent others from just stealing that idea and making a product without having to have made the investment of all the R&D and, and time and risk and capital. And so what you often see is pat- companies using patents offensively, uh, preventing others from stealing their ideas. And that's often what led to, we saw it with the smartphone wars, we saw it with Waymo suing Uber. Uh, you see it with a lot of high-tech giants. Just recently, Qualcomm and, and Apple were suing each over for billions of dollars, and that all came down to patents. That so people have these ideas. They've gotten patents on them to protect them. And other companies are making billions of dollars off of these ideas and they're seeking their fair compensation or reward for that.
1: Indeed. Sounds, sounds perfectly reasonable. If I go out and get a patent on a certain thing that I've dreamed up and it was absolutely wonderful and everybody wants it, of course... <laughs> <laughs> Does it often happen – does it happen at all that um, I then go out and license other people to use those things under patent?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, because you you as the patent holder, and this is why I encourage startups to uh, not – don't ignore your IP strategy, because if you own the idea, uh, you then have power. You have the, the right to stop other people from using that idea unless, as you suggested, You give them a license. So you have options now. You have choices. You could um, uh, make that product yourself and build your own, invest in your own factory and uh, make your own widgets and start selling your widgets and prevent others from making widgets that compete with you. Or you could decide that you don't want to invest in the manufacturing itself and then just license it to others. Um, And a third use is you might want to do some horse trading. Um, if you have a new invention on a new bicycle tire and somebody else has the invention on a bicycle brake, you two may approach each other, license your patent to the wheel. They license the patent on the brake system and that enables both of you then to make a more advanced and competing bicycle. But by having the patent, you have leverage. You have the bargaining chip uh, to decide and have more free control over how that idea is going to get monetized by you or by others in the market.
1: So there's really no limit to what a person can do. As long as a person has an idea and it's original and benefits society, uh, we should be talking to Ken pretty damn quick.
0: (laughs) Well, if not not me, certainly a patent lawyer uh, anywhere. I mean, there are reasons why, you know, take Microsoft, for example. Microsoft has over 80,000 patents in their portfolio. Um, car companies, phone companies, uh, Google, for example, Google has over 50,000 patents uh, in their patent portfolio. And that's because these are extremely valuable assets. These companies have invested billions in R&D and the way any company protects its idea and its R&D and its investment is to get the patent on it. it. And it truly scales, whether you're a billion dollar company or your $50,000 company because you borrowed money out of your 401k, you still made an investment. And as long as it's a new idea, you're still entitled to a patent. Patents don't really discriminate. Um, you know, It's not it's not a toy only for big companies. I would encourage startups to get them as well.
1: Yes, as we've been talking, I've been thinking of people I've met through the years who I thought had really great ideas. And they, in turn, thought of themselves as just pretty ordinary
0: (laughs) yeah and that's and that's the curse of hindsight because what they forget is there was a problem they're the ones that came across the problem and they and only they were the ones that came up with the solution because this problem others might have faced that same problem but yet your you know your colleague or your inventor is the one that came up with the solution and for them after they come up with the idea they They suffer from hindsight, and to them it's obvious, but the reality is the reason why that idea is new and hasn't been done before because nobody else thought about it, and that's because everybody else didn't have the experience, the resources, the mental uh, uh, capability of coming up with the idea. Only the inventor uh, was able to come up with that idea.
1: And before we jump on to lot network particularly and f- figure out what that's all about, say that person has come up with that really good idea. Is there a simple explanation of how one can go about approaching this idea of getting a patent?
0: Yeah, it's a it's generally it, it may seem complicated uh, because it's a it's a very new con. I mean, it's, it's a foreign concept to a lot of inventors but every patent office in the country, whatever country you reside in, your first step would be to go to that, your country's patent office. So either the US patent office, the Australian patent office, the Chinese patent office, and you submit your patent application. It's your your application for this idea. And there's some legal requirements, which is why I would encourage you to hire a lawyer or at least get some counsel or experience from lawyers. But if you properly fill out your application, uh, you pay the fee. Generally, each patent will cost you about fifteen or twenty to forty thousand dollars over its lifetime. But if you've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars of your retirement savings into this idea, why wouldn't you invest twenty or thirty thousand dollars to protect that idea to make sure nobody steals it from you? And so I would and so there is a process um it may seem complicated. But I find the patent offices generally themselves on their own websites have videos, tutorials, and advice on how to walk through this gauntlet of the application process to get to achieve and earn your patent.
1: And of course, worth taking the time because, okay, it might cost 20, 30, 40,000 across the lifetime of the patent. Uh, how much does it cost if somebody pinches your idea and gets it out to the market first? Absolutely, you're left with nothing.
0: And all of your sweat equity, all your effort time that you put into your idea, your business uh, can be taken overnight with no recourse.
1: And recourse, of course, is the important point. Tell us how Lot Network actually works. How does that help to protect me if I've got a patent? And what do I have to do to be part of it?
0: Sure. So, um, very simply, so the the patent system has been, at least in the United States, it was part of the original Constitution. It's been around for two hundred years, and it was the government's way of incentivizing people to invent and come up with new ideas and share them with the public. And the patent system has been working beautifully for two hundred years. Um, and in the U.S., now over ten million patents have issued in that those two hundred year period. Everything was fine uh, until about the last twenty or thirty years a new breed of patent holder has kind of emerged, which we call these patent assertion entities or the common street term for them is patent trolls. But basically, as I mentioned, these patents are very powerful tools. They're very powerful weapons because you have the power to stop somebody from using an idea. And um, as long as they're in the hands of companies, you know, everything is fine, but some companies uh, get distressed or they struggle or they have a surplus of patents and they will sell these patents on the open market. And so what's happened over the last 25, 30 years is some other entities have been buying these patents, uh, which is basically a, a shell company that has some investment funding. They buy some of these patents on the open market because they are just a, an asset of a company. They buy these patents, and then they take advantage of the legal system and they sue companies asking for millions or billions of dollars uh, in damages. And the concept, and what they're doing is not illegal. They're they're well within their right because they're the patent holder and they're asserting this patent against somebody who's using it. That's absolutely within the boundaries of the law. But the problem is these, what we call patent trolls, uh, companies in the United States, uh, according to the Harvard study, spend about $26 billion every year dealing with these patent troll lawsuits. Uh, Every year, about 2,000 new lawsuits are filed in the United States, and half of them tend to be against the large companies with deep pockets, but surprisingly, about half those lawsuits are filed against companies who have less than $10 million in revenue. These are simply companies, these patent trolls are suing people looking for a payout. And our belief is that this billions of dollars that companies are spending is a waste of money and it's harming innovation. We would rather have companies not, whether you're Apple or Google or a startup, we don't want you to have to deal with this legal risk. We'd rather have you save your money and invest that money in new products, new ideas, new patents, uh, or your own business. So we believe that this patent troll problem is harming innovation. Now, the real irony of this problem is companies only have themselves to blame. As it turns out, about 80% of the patents that these trolls are using to sue companies actually originated from another operating company. So company A starts to falter. They sell their patents to a troll. That troll then goes sues company B who's making money and they, and they, the troll, get rich off of it. And so companies, ironically, are causing this problem. And so what Lot Network is, is now this community of companies across the globe. We have over 700 members now who've all agreed that if this is not a good thing for innovation, and we as a community, if any of our patents from any of our own members should ever fall into the hands of a troll, our community members get a free license. So we now have companies uh, across the globe in 36 uh, uh, countries across the globe. In Australia, we have a lot of big names, um, Aristocrat, for example, proud member of Lot Network. But we have Google, we have Facebook, we have Amazon, uh, we have Alibaba, we have all the car makers, Toyota, Honda, Ford, GM. We have banks, we have retailers, Uh, Anybody working on AI, anybody working on blockchain, autonomous vehicles, all of these companies have gotten together to say, we want to stop this problem. And it's basically, and I apologize for the pun in these difficult times, but it's basically herd immunization. Our community is immunizing ourselves from these patents, should they ever fall in the hands of the troll. And uh, we're not just a community of big companies. We're very proud to say Over 400 of our members are actual startups that have less than 25 million in revenue. And so any company anywhere in the world can join Lot today, and I can permanently immunize them against 2.8 million assets. That's how many patents we have in our community. So if you are a startup with no revenue and no patents, you are invited to join our community for free because we don't charge it. We're a non-profit organization. Startups can join for free uh, and you can effectively become immunized against 2.8 million patent assets.
1: Just taking a, a, a lighter note there for a moment. That sounds like a damn good idea. Have you got a patent on it? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wish. But again, our, our core philosophy, our pillars of what we're about Is simply protecting innovation. If we can, if I can save some startup or some company from going bankrupt because they're having to spend millions of dollars defending themselves in some troll litigation, then we've done our job. You know, our job is to protect capital, to protect companies, uh, and give everybody a fighting chance uh, to be successful.
1: Strikes me as a a very handy way of providing that to support and, you know, Keeping them safe from litigation, the I can see why it'd be very attractive to me as a startup to get involved in something like that, or even a, as someone who's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. the The exciting thing, of course, is that it it uh, takes away, as you were saying earlier, the the people we're describing as a troll. Uh, their litigation is quite within the law. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem right, does it?
0: It's not. It's So the purpose of the patent system was to protect and promote innovation. What patent trolls are doing is making lawyers rich, and that was never the original intent when the patent system was uh, developed. Uh, and so that's what we're just trying to do. We want companies spending money on innovation and not on dealing patent trolls. And I should mention, just to be clear, I I, I, I worry your listeners might think that somehow they're giving this free license away to all of our members. Um, but to be clear, so a lot today, we are proud to say I count the second, third, and fourth largest patent holders in the world. That's IBM, Canon, and Microsoft, respectively. These are massive companies who spend billions on R&D and are very active licensing and using their patents to protect and enable their business. So to be clear, when you join Lot, Microsoft is not giving you a free license to their entire portfolio. All Microsoft is saying, hey, if any of my patents in the future fall in the hands of a troll, then you get a free license. And and everyone is making, signs the exact same document. There's no negotiation, no commitment. And so if you're a startup, even if you don't have any patents now, but if you do in the future, you know, while you're a member of law, you're free to sue the other companies of our community. You're free to participate in patent polls. You're free to get loans on your patents. All the normal uses of your patents are unaffected.
1: It's just a protection that if it goes wrong and uh, it falls into the hands of the wrong party, then all of a sudden they can't do anything about it because there's a whole lot of other people who now have a license to use them.
0: Absolutely right. It's, we're purely a defensive mechanism. Think of us as your patent troll flu shot. We're immunization.
1: I like that, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, flu shots are not just for the, the elderly. They're for <laughs> in terms of patent. They're for anybody, including a startup.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely true.
1: <laughs> so, You mentioned that you have members of Lot Network right around the world. And does that mean that the same sort of things that have happened over the last 20, 25, 30 years in the States have happened across the rest of the world as well?
0: Well, admittedly, the patent troll problem is predominantly a U.S. problem. I would say 95% of the litigation comes from and occurs within the U.S., because of nuances of the legal system in the US. Um, but we are also seeing uh, troll activity in Europe, particularly in Germany, and also seeing a rise in patent troll activity in China, which we only expect to increase. So even if you are in the, whether your company is based in Australia, or China, or Spain, or Korea, um, you may not have problems in your home country, but you have to think globally. Because of the convergence of technology, opportunities in the market could be anywhere. And I think the reality is every successful company has to achieve or strive to try to sell their product in the U.S. or have some interaction or do participate in the U.S., European, or Chinese markets. And as soon as you start to do that, your risk of patent troll activity grows. And... You know, originally this was a problem, but limited to maybe predominantly software companies or phone companies, because they are the ones that had most of the revenue, and that's where most of the patents were. But with the convergence of technology, everybody cares about blockchain. Everybody cares about cloud computing. Everybody cares about AI. So if you know a farming company makes a patent on AI, that might also be applicable to an auto company. And so all this, this, I think it's a fiction now to say there are different industries. Those lines are blurring because now every industry is using a lot more technology from outside their native industry. And as you use technology from other industries, your exposure to patent trolls only grows. And that's why we've got everybody from phone makers to Boeing to chemical companies, software companies, because everybody that uses technology Either if you sell technology or you use it in your operations, in your manufacturing, you're at risk.
1: So, And with a patent, let's say I get a patent here in Australia. Does that cover me worldwide or is that just Australia? and, And do I therefore have to apply for patents in other jurisdictions?
0: You know, each country has its own patent office and an Australian patent only gives you legal rights in Australia. If you want legal rights in the U.S., then you have to go to the U.S. Patent Office. Same with China. Um, and most high-tech companies, I would say, about one out of three of their patents, they file in other countries. And when they do, it's usually in five or six countries that um, have the market. So regularly they'll file in Japan. You know, If they have a U.S. patent, they'll also then file it in Germany, the U.K., uh, Japan, China, Korea, perhaps, India, uh, and that's, that's that's getting into very advanced IP strategy, but there are mechanisms in all the patent offices where you can file one patent in Australia. It's called a PCT, and you can actually get separate patents, it's more of an efficiency mechanism, but you can simultaneously then file for patents in all these other countries.
1: Okay, so it's it's doable, but as you say, there are commercial realities because if uh, you come up with something which is difficult to produce, you don't have to worry about having a patent where they don't have the ability to produce it.
0: That's right, but if your product's going to be made in China or you're going to have somebody make it for you in China, you might need IP protection in China.
1: You might need a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, just just another statistic that I found kind of startling. You know, I mentioned that the US is filing about 750,000 applications every year. Uh, China is increasingly becoming more aware of IP. And last year, they filed over 1.4 million patent applications in China alone, in large part now because the Chinese government is funding or helping subsidize a lot of those costs. So, uh, I think it's, it's safe to assume every industrial company, sorry, every industrial country is going to become a high-tech country and it won't be long before IP becomes incredibly important.
1: Yes, well, I think IP is already important, um, but perhaps a lot of us are taking time to catch up to understand the, the importance of the, the whole thing, um, you know, particularly here in australia without wishing to denigrate anybody we do tend to have a bit of a she'll be okay approach to a lot of things yes yes and uh of course there are clever people out there who as you say are quite happy to grab hold of a a patent and sue people who are making use of the things within that patent to make a few bucks off it absolutely but let's go back to uh a brand new startup doesn't have anything at the moment that they want to patent. Why would they think of joining lot? I think you, you covered, you actually mentioned it earlier, but just to be clear, because there's a lot of people out here who great innovators, um, worried, of course, thinking all the time about innovating, but perhaps not so much about protecting it. So Tell us again what's the benefit of joining Lot when I haven't actually got anything?
0: Yeah, so it's like I said, it's truly like the flu shot every year. Every one of us has the individual's choice to decide: am I going to get the flu shot or not? Uh, and all sorts of reasons go into that. With Lot, um, one one legal re- requirement is in order for you to be immunized against a patent, you have to be in the community. You have to be part of the herd before that patent leaves. So IBM, for example, IBM regularly sells patents to other companies. If IBM sells a patent today and your company waits six months or a year to join, you missed out on the opportunity to be immunized against those assets. So with herd immunization, if you're going to join the herd, you want to get in as soon as possible because any lawsuit at any point in time from a patent troll will absolutely disrupt uh, your business and may just consume all of your time and your precious capital. Um, one of the advantages of Lot is we are a very transparent organization. I 've got no secrets. We list every member on our website and the exact day they joined. So you can see when Google and Amazon and you start to ask yourself, well, look at all of these very smart companies who joined some of them like Google, for example, they 've even formed Lot Network, so they've been part of our community for over five years. But all the, what the common trait of all of these very smart, sophisticated companies is they join lot as early as possible. So if you're a startup, you have to be optimistic. You have to assume you're going to be the next Uber or the next Airbnb or the next Google and start doing the thing and imitating the habits of success, other successful people. If you want to be like Google, do as many things as you can. Uh, from their strategy, learn from, you know, there's a reason why they're doing these things early. And I think everybody could benefit. And the fact that lot is free, because uh, we're just about protecting innovation, there is no, there should be no downside. Um, but if you need another incentive, there's, there's one other point I forgot to mention. Uh, several of our members have actually donated patents to me. So Canon, Lenovo, Google, Microsoft, um, have donated some of their surplus patents to me. We own over 2000 assets and we're giving those away for free to startups that join our community. So we recognize some companies desire to become more IP savvy so they can join lot for free, uh, select up to three patents for free from the vault based on what's left available and then start using that to become more IP savvy, learn how to develop a portfolio and start developing your IP strategy. And uh, a lot of companies really value the opportunity to learn from the experience of other very successful companies.
1: And I, I think you mentioned earlier, but make sure I say this right or correct me if I get it wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> um, there's no impost on the company. There's no fee to join. It's free, but there's no encumbrance on them to do uh, anything that they would ordinarily do in their business just because they've joined lot.
0: That's right. So all of our members. And so we've already had multiple examples of one lot member suing another lot member. So for example, IBM just recently sued Airbnb. They're both part of lot Uh, Cisco and Arista recently were suing each other over patents. Waymo and Uber were suing each other over patents. Uh, Google and um, Oracle are going to the Supreme court over IP. The point of all of that is lot network was designed purely as a defensive measure. We should not interfere with the normal or traditional uses of patents. So if you have a patent and you want to see one of our fellow members or somebody who's not inside the community, you're absolutely free to do so. You can sell your patents to anybody you want. You can license them. You can generate revenue off of your licensing. Um, and the reason why I'm so confident in making those statements is there is no way a company like Microsoft, for example, would join LOT if they thought they were giving a free license to the entire high tech community. <laughs> and you know the reality is, you know every member signs the exact same document. So if your Microsoft Microsoft signed the exact same ten page document, which is on our website, that your startup would sign. And everyone's making the exact same commitment. Everyone's treated as an equal because we're all simply trying to grow the herd to immunize ourselves from this problem. We all benefit by having more companies of any shape or size or industry as part of our community.
1: And since its inception, uh, has anybody had to, to call upon the, the <laughs> immunity provided?
0: Uh, surprisingly no. so far since, since we've been in existence, we've had over 26,000 assets have already left our community. They've been released in the wild, but we're very proud to say no member of our community has ever been sued by one of those assets. Um, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Like I said, we're very transparent. We list every member on our website and for as much as you might hate patent trolls, The reality is these are incredibly smart, savvy, sophisticated uh, companies. They know that if they buy a patent from Google, they can't sue anybody else that's on our website list. So we're creating this kind of deterrence value. Um, And even if a troll was stupid enough to sue one of our members, um, you're gonna have the legal departments of many of our fellow members parachuting in your backyard because every member of lot is highly vested in making sure that defense gets upheld. And quite honestly, the trolls aren't going to take on that. There's no reason. They're they're all about the money. They're looking for their pot of gold and they understand there's no pot of gold suing a lot member. So they're just going to go sue the non-lot member.
1: Sounds like a good enough reason for me. (laughs) And, and congratulations again, damn good idea. Um, Thank you. You're putting putting i can't, take, I can't take
0: credit for the idea that was google and uh, canon deserve all the credit i've just been running this organization i inherited a very good idea and helping the organization grow but thank you
1: well good on good on you for getting in there and carrying your share of the load <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> now as we come towards the end of our conversation ken which has been very enlightening and and great fun thank you what is the best tip you have received from a business conversation?
0: Um, well, I've been very blessed to work at some amazing companies, and in my role as CEO of Lot Network, I've interacted with the executive team of many of our member companies. And the one common thread, the common DNA I see in these companies, is this: um, they do they 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 focus on their goals and they drive their business without fear. So if I could give, so the advice I would say is believe in what you're doing and do so without fear. Don't have a fear of failure. Uh, don't second guess yourself. Uh, don't sell yourself short. Aspire to accomplish what you want and what, you're set, what you believe in in a fearless manner. And the, I think the ones that are most successful were, did so because they didn't realize how scary or how high off the ground they were when they were doing what they're doing. Uh, And it was that fear that I think distracts people or, or hinders them or holds them back. And to give yourself the best chance of succeeding, do what you're doing without
1: fear. Damn good advice, I think. And Ken, what is the top piece of advice you would like to leave listeners with today?
0: Well, so a common, when I, we, like I said, we have over 450 startups in our community now. And a common regret that I hear from a lot of startups is that they didn't take IP too seriously enough, early enough in their life cycle. Uh, and I understand in the early days, everybody is borrowing money from their, you know, their friends, their family, their neighbors, their 401k, and all they're trying to do is get some proof of concept. They're just trying to get to market as fast as they can, and they don't think about their IP strategy. And I'm not just talking about joining a lot. Let's just set that aside for the moment. But I think startups need to stop every now and then. Just take a couple hours and ask yourself, wait a minute, what are the fundamentals, core things about my business that really are, going, are important? They're, they're my key drivers for success. And make sure you have an IP strategy around them. Are you using copyrights? Are you filing for patents? Are you keeping your secret sauce and trade secret where you should? Um, companies need to become IP savvy uh, much sooner in their life cycle because I think they underestimate how important it will become uh, down the road. So I would encourage, you know, spend five or t- 5% of your time, 5% of your budget using IP strategy to protect your business.
1: More good advice. But most <laughs> importantly, Ken, before we let you get away, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation?
0: Oh, I appreciate that. We are very readily available. Um, our website is www.lotnet.com. That's L-O-T-N-E-T.com. On there, we have the agreement, the membership agreement. Uh, we have some a video that your, your listeners can look at. Uh, And certainly they can submit questions that come directly to me uh, if they like. Uh, But I encourage them to go to the website, lotnet.com. That's lot, L-O-T-N-E-T.com.
1: A nice, simple one, lotnet.com. So anybody out there who's uh, thinking of starting or has started and uh, is now thinking of, by golly, maybe I do have some ideas that I could protect, uh, get hold of Ken Seddon lotnet.com. Ken, this has been absolutely great. Thank you so much for being here and appreciate all your advice and wisdom.
0: I'm glad to help anytime. And uh, I wish you and all of your listeners stay well, stay healthy. And I look forward to us meeting in person
1: someday soon. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And you can find more business resources at clivenever.com.au.